This podcast is brought to you by everythingvoluntary.com. My name is Skylar Collins, and this is Thinking and Doing. If you're new here, let me tell you what this podcast is all about. This podcast is an exploration of logical fallacy, cognitive bias, stoicism, and life pro tips. Thanks for listening, and please enjoy. Hello, and welcome to the podcast. In this episode, we're going to look at two logical fallacies. The first one is reification of the possible, and the second is petitio principi, which can also be called either begging the question or circular reasoning. Reification of the possible. All right, so I'm sourcing this as I usually do from uh, Hogeye Bill's list of logical fallacies, which can be found at ozarkia.net. And for this one, he describes this as regarding a possible effect as being a certainty when making an evaluation of a cause. Um, and it says this has two significant variants, reification of the improbable and reification of the existent which consists of basing one's criticism of a scheme on the observation that one possible outcome of that scheme might lead to a state of affairs that already exists under the present circumstances. Okay, reification of the possible. Reification is not um, a common word, so let me define that. It's uh, Reification is when you think or think of or treat something abstract as a physical thing. Now, reification is its own logical fallacy that we will get to at some point. Um, but a couple of examples are society, right? Society is an abstraction. And when we say things like society thinks this or society thinks that we're engaging in reification and that can, that can lead you into some, in, you know, some, uh, traps or some, some bad thinking in certain ways. So back to the, the particular fallacy we're looking at now, reification of the possible, regarding a possible effect uh, as being a certainty when making an evaluation of a cause. So when somebody, just just to take the current moment here in August 2020 when this is being recorded, well, I guess it's kind of not so much the current moment as it was the previous moment. And that is the Black Lives Matter protests that, that kicked off, um, I guess, the beginning of June or June, the end of June. I'm not sure now. This, this entire year is just blurring together. Anyway, um, some of the calls by the protests that were occurring were to uh, defund or abolish the police in various uh, cities. And you could, if you are reifying the possible, in this case, you could say, well, one possible effect of abolishing the police is that is that drug cartels would move into the city and conduct their business and their violence on the streets and crime would skyrocket. Now, that's possible, but should it be treated as a certainty? And if you are treating it as an absolute certainty, then you're probably engaging in this fallacy. What what you would need to do in order to avoid this fallacy, in order to avoid reifying simply what's possible, is to is to gather some data 
and show that when this sort of thing happens, when the police are abolished, that, you know, these particular effects tend to happen, some more certain than others. And then, you know, you're avoiding the fallacy, you're not sounding like an idiot, and you've got some data to support whatever it is you're saying. So that's just one example, I guess. Um, I suppose other times um, I could imagine, you know, a husband and a wife not really getting along. They're sort of just staying together for the kids. And they're both sort of hung up on reifying the, the possibility that if they got divorced, that their kids would be worse off in some way. Rather than considering that maybe staying together in a loveless marriage, uh, their kids are worse off. Okay, so that's that's I guess another example of this. All right, so this this isn't a very uh, I don't know very exciting fallacy. <laughs> Maybe it is. It's just I don't know. My brain's uh, not going very far right now. All right, let's go to the next one. Uh, petitio principi. I don't know if I'm saying that right. Um, okay, so here we go. Assuming as a premise for an argument that which that which you intend to prove. Two formulations can be sufficiently different to obscure the fact that one and the same proposition is used as both premise and conclusion. Here's some examples. She says that I'm her only love. She must be telling the truth because no one would lie to their only love. All right, so so the uh, the argument, the claim, is that the person is the other person's only love, and the assumption is that you wouldn't lie to your only love. So, you know, the fact that she's telling that to him and she wouldn't lie, I guess, proves that he really is her only love. Now, it doesn't prove it because the assumption is just that, an assumption. It's not, um, I don't, I I certainly, <laughs> I guess that's a bit of a reification of the possible that, that you wouldn't lie to your only love. Um, but I think people lie all the time, even to people they love. Uh, he says, alternatively, a chain of reasoning can loop back, uh, be mutually dependent. So here's an example of that. Shakespeare is a greater writer than Robbins because people with good taste in literature prefer Shakespeare. How do I know who has good taste? Clearly, people with good literary taste are those who prefer Shakespeare to Robbins. <laughs> That's a pretty good example. If your only evidence that Shakespeare is a greater, greater writer than somebody else, it's because people who you agree with have good taste prefer Shakespeare. Um then, of course, you would think that he's the better writer. Of course, taste, personal taste, is subjective, right? And it's it's really up to, to anybody. So to sort of make that that part of your argument is to is to is to fail in making the argument. It's to fail uh, to prove anything, and it and it does lead up uh, both circular reasoning and you know begs the question of of what good taste is and who has good taste and where does that taste come from and and what is good taste? Is it not just something that's uh, subjective, subjectively decided? It's not an objective measure uh, of what you're trying to what you're trying to measure, and that is who's who's the the greater writer. This sort of uh, thing you can also find when um, when people are trying to prove jurisdiction, governmental jurisdiction, legal jurisdiction, right? If if you ask people. Uh, what is the source of their jurisdiction? Let's say they're trying to enforce some law on you. Then what they'll say is, well, we have jurisdiction because of your physical location. 
you're physically located in, for example, Salt Lake, therefore we have jurisdiction over you. And that begs the question, what evidence, why do you think, why do you believe that just because I'm physically located in Salt Lake that you have jurisdiction over me? And sometimes they'll say something like, well, if you break the law, we're going to punish you. Okay. And, and when they go that route, they're assuming what they're trying to prove, right? They're trying to prove that they have a legitimate claim of jurisdiction over you. And to say that they will punish you for breaking the law is to assume that that's true. So it's not really an argument um, for jurisdiction. It's really just an, an appeal to an appeal to force, right? So the other direction they may go is to say, well, our constitution or our legal code says that we have jurisdiction over this territory. And of course, that begs the question further of what their constitution has to do with you. How does their constitution prove that their constitution applies to you? So now they begin using circular reasoning, pointing to their constitution, saying their constitution says we have jurisdiction over you, right? That's not only circular reasoning, but it's arbitrary. Okay, that was a little outside the thinking example, I think, of, of this, but it's one that I've personally encountered a lot. All right, so let's see. We looked at reification of the possible, and we looked at petitio principi, or begging the question and circular reasoning. All right, that's going to do it for this episode, short and sweet. Thanks so much for listening, and have a better day. Please send your comments or questions to thinkinganddoingpodcast at gmail.com. Will you do me a big favor? Will you rate and review this podcast wherever you're listening from? That really helps. And one more thing, please share the podcast with your friends.